Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Bobby Eaton Show. Yeah. Giving you information you'll want to know. Speaking on issues affecting us all and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're at on the globe. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. And this is where we tell our stories our way. And in the studio, hey, I got a new co-host sitting in right now. Sherry Lasky, how we doing? I'm doing fine, Bobby. How Great. How you? was your day today? My day was very, very busy. Busy? Yes, yes, yes. What were you doing? What was so busy about it? Running around, running around, Run- running around, chasing, chasing running, children. Chasing yes. children? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, good, good, good. Well, is it going to be that way tomorrow? It'll be that way tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The next day, and the day, next day, and the day after that, it's gonna and remain the same until they settle down. Till they settle down, huh? Okay. Well, great. Glad to have you. And uh, we got a great show today. Uh, we got Doctor Tiffany Crutchers in the house. The journey to justice and reconciliation. And we're gonna be talking about that. She's brought a, a crew of women with her. You know, we're gonna be digging in that. Meanwhile, uh, it's been hot outside, hasn't it? Oh man, it is. So hot. It's hot, hot, and hotter. We're right now in excessive heat warning. The temperature is actually 97 degrees, but it feels like 112 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah, me and my dad were, we were out there in it today. You know, we were ripping and running in those streets, and the heat was out there. But they yeah. say the heat is on, huh? Yes, yeah, the heat is on. Heat is on. We need to be rehydrating, drinking a lot of water while we're out there. It's a little humid, mm-hmm. and when it's humid, that makes it even worse. Yeah, so right there. People need to replace their sweat with good water. Good water. Water's not going to work. You know, need old-fashioned H2O. Mm-hmm. And you also, take care, take care of those pets, you know. Yeah, don't forget the your pets. The pets are out and dogs. about, you know, yeah. your dogs and cats and things. and Make sure yeah. they're hydrated right. with plenty of water. Absolutely. You know, and, t- and also, look in on a senior. That's you know, right. I'm always telling people, look here, the heat's on. Uh, check on a senior. Make sure a senior has proper ventilation for air conditioning or something. And if you can contribute a fan or something, if they don't have it or something like that. But check in on our seniors. Right. Make sure know. they get their water, too, because they're the first ones to block out. When yeah. They get I'm always saying volunteer for the seniors, yeah. you know, and single parent moms with children. You right. know, so we got to look after those in our community because it's all about community. Yeah. You know that it's all about community. If you're not doing community, you ain't doing nothing. You know, you just huh? taking up space. Taking up space, and that's just what you're doing. Well, you can dial that number six four six seven one six five five two five, and don't forget to press the one button if you want to talk on the air. 
Dr. Crutch is here, and uh, we're going to be chopping it up. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good show. Well, you think, you think so? I hope so. Yeah. I have a lot of good information, so I know it is. Yeah. No, it's going to be good. Yes. Right. It's going to be like that. All right. We're going to take a break, and we're going to bring uh, uh, up our guests here in a minute, and we'll be right back, okay? There's too many of you to cry. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you die. You know we to bring some love in here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. War is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and kiss here today. Pick it back and pick it back. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see. Right. 
Ah, yeah, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. And boy, in the studio, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher, how are we doing? Hey, how are you? All right, well, let me stop this right quick. I got to hit some buttons. Okay. <laughs> how are we doing? Wonderful. Get close to that mic right there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I need you right up in there. There you go. Right, right good. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Long time, huh? Long time. Yeah. Always good to be back in the studio with you and uh, yeah, Everybody? telling our stories our way. Yeah. So I appreciate all you do. That's great. For those of us who don't know, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're born and raised and where you're living and all that kind of good stuff. I think a lot of people want to know, you know, one minute they see me here, the next yeah. second I'm in Alabama. But born and raised here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, born and bred, North Tulsa strong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, grew up, went to Booger T. Washington Hornet, High School, uh, a proud Hornet, uh-huh. Barber Middle School, Emerson Elementary. So, hey, this is, you know, North Tulsa is in my DNA, uh, left and uh, moved to Montgomery, Alabama. And I've been there about 15 years. 15 years. 15 what, years. What took you to Alabama? I opened up my own private practice. Okay. In rural Alabama, the Black Belt, um, to go and fight health disparities and increase access to health care for uh, marginalized communities and black people in Alabama and pretty much all around the country. We are at the top of the list for all of the top killers. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've always fought for equality, no matter what genre it was in. And, and so healthcare, that was it, trying to close that disparity gap and and just educate my community on the resources that are out there as it relates to health and wellness. And I've done that for, for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everyone knows what happened to Terrence, mm-hmm. my twin brother, back in 16. And, man, a major shift took place in my life. And I decided that, hey, it's time for me to transition out of healthcare and just felt like this movement needed me mm-hmm. much more. And so this past December, I left my clinical practice and came back home to get on the front lines and, and fight for justice. Mm-hmm. So you are still commuting back and forth or are you just here in Tulsa now? Uh, I go back home to check on my home. I still mm-hmm. have a home there, okay. but for the last eight months, I've been here primarily uh, the entire year. I've probably been in Alabama maybe six or eight weeks this year total. Okay, okay, okay. Well, introduce our uh, guest that we have here. Absolutely. Well, I am excited to have on this show with me tonight some of my freedom fighting, justice okay. comrades, soul sisters, community activists, Mrs. Onika Asamoa Caesar, who is going to be honored this year at our third annual Terrence Crutcher Foundation Memorial Gala. I'm just in awe of this young lady. Um, I call her my mini me because I heard her speak one day and I said, this, this young lady is powerful. And then I had a chance to spend some time with her and get to know her and and get to know how she thinks and, and just fell in love with her and just loved everything that she stands for. And she's doing some amazing things. And I'm going to let her tell you uh, about some of the things she's doing because it's just amazing. Speaking of Onika, she has an amazing husband as well. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I know him quite well. He's uh, contributed some things here at E-Media Services with the Juice Radio Show. Yes. You know, he was on the show and I said, uh, I said, man, we need a laptop, you know. And he went out there and got that laptop. And he raised about 
2,800 books, you know, and brought that laptop to the juice. They're all excited. Now we're doing some uh, production in the back. So great guy, and you got a great husband, Anika. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Great I call great. them the mini Barack and Michelle Obama. Is that what it is? <laughs> Absolutely. They, they, they are mini amazing. Barack and the, okay. Yes. That's yes. a good way to put it. That's a good way to Now I understand that you're involved in a lot of things that is going on here in the community and you're opening up a business yes, or tell us a little bit well first of all where are you from so i'm a little bit from all over the place i was born in elizabeth new jersey i was raised in southern california i finished high school in a little itty bitty town called hazelhurst in mississippi okay um and now i call tulsa home so coach Tulsa. and i have built our home here uh two minutes away from where we are right now in north tulsa great great that's fine that's fine so are you enjoying your stay here in Tulsa? Oh, I'm loving my stay here in Tulsa. Okay, in Tulsa. Yeah. How long you been here now? So I came back in 2013 with Teach for America. Okay. Um, stayed for two years. Decided Tulsa wasn't quite my flavor. My husband and I left. We went to Denver, Colorado, but uh, we were drawn back to this place for a time and a reason. Stay back to T-Town, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, great, great. So what? you have a business that you're starting up or you already have or Tell our audience a little bit about what you what you got involved with. Yes, yeah, so I'm opening Fulton Street Books and Coffee. Our doors will be open before 2019 is over. Um, it has been a labor of love. It is a place for me to really focus on community building, placemaking, and building intergenerational literacy here in Tulsa. Um, I love to tell stories, and I've built the space with the stories of my parents um, and my peers in mind. Hmm, interesting then. So so before the year is out, you're going to open this uh, place up with books and with coffee? and. Uh... We'll have books, coffee, a full bar. Um, when you walk in for my people of color, uh, we get to feel what white people feel every time they walk into a Barnes & Noble. People right. still walk into Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. but 70% of our books will be featuring people of color. Um, and so folks will be able to walk in and feel themselves and see themselves reflected in every shelf. Mm-hmm. So you'll be having book reading sessions and things like that? We'll have book place. readings, author signings, poetry nights, music nights. Um, one of the things I'm excited about is the human library. It comes from the concept of sitting at the feet of your elders, which in my community is something that people used to do. Um, and really just being able to build bridges across lines of difference by sitting across from someone and hearing their story. That's great. That's great. Well, hey, moving on along. It's Christy. Hey, hey. Yeah, how we doing? Christy Williams is in the house, and uh, you're just all over the place. <laughs> she I'm needs say no right introduction. Now, everybody knows Christy. <laughs> they, know, they already know. She's all over the place. And tell us a little bit about yourself, since everybody already knows, but some of our listeners may not know who you are. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, everyone knows my name is Christy, uh, Orisha B.E. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I came here in the sixth grade. Um, my mother is from Oklahoma. And my dad is from Philly. So I always say I have the best of both worlds. Um, and, you know, I'm just in love with my community. And yeah, you the love your community. is just in me. Yeah. I come from that. That's just what we do. And so uh, you're on the uh the uh, African Affairs Commission, mm-hmm. right? Tell us a little bit about that because it was a struggle even getting that started, you know? It was. Um, it's the Greater Tulsa African American Affairs Commission. Uh, and Sherry Lasky sitting here next to me, she also helped us form that. Um, it was a long fight. We protested in the snow, the rain, the heat. 
Um, and not only did we protest, but we, you know, we were in City Hall. We petitioned. We we did everything on all sides um, to make this, to make it happen. Um, it is something very dear to me. Sometimes I get a little upset. I don't think people take it as seriously, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think rightfully so. But uh, it, it definitely was a a long fight. It was a very long fight. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to stick to it. We have some things that's going to be coming out that's going to really be interesting. Uh, Thomas, Boxley, Thomas Boxley, who's our chair, um, we've really put together some things that's going to be coming out 2019. Um, it's gonna be powerful. Powerful, Sherry. Sure, you well, was, can you share me that you, right now? Yeah. Not yet. Okay. Not sure. Okay. You, you were in with her doing some of the protesting well, and stuff as well. We were out in the snow, the rain, <laughs> sleet, all the elements mm-hmm. in all the elements protesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I had moved away, came back, and I noticed we were the only only group of people in Tulsa that did not have representation fixed in the city structure mm-hmm. it was odd to me so you know it's one of those that you just had to you have to be a part of it you know mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of people felt that we shouldn't be protesting and you know talked about folks that were protesting but sometimes protesting works and it gets you what you need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it made some noise oh yes yeah. Mean, yeah so our current mayor uh gt by how you feel about our current mayor tell him just be truthful I think he's better than what we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in pushing, uh, pushing, pushing, pushing. We have to push him. Um, I mean, you know, he's 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 pushable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's pushable. Oh, um, okay. And and you know, it's it's it, it's work. You is know, it a it's it, it, it's a challenge. It's it's not as you know, just to be frank. Um, do we mayor? Do do we Bartlett? We couldn't get anywhere with him, mm-hmm. but GT does show signs where we can really, really push him. And mm-hmm. we, you just can't be fooled by the illusions um, that exist with him. But um, we have to push him, and there's nothing wrong with pushing our political leaders. Um, and I think sometimes we have grown accustomed to that's not the proper way you do things. That's not, you know, everyone want to go with the status quo, but you have to. Great leaders are are, are are made. They're not born, they are made. Mm-hmm. And they're only made through, through pushing. I call it shaking trees. And sometimes you have to do some pressure. You, huh? you gotta, gotta put that pressure on them to get what you to get what you want. Well, uh, it sounds like you're putting pressure on GZ to get what you want. And it's, yes. it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. So we need to uh, do some things. Well, Miss Tiffany, we are here on the show. And it's titled Journey to Justice and Reconciliation. And it's your title. What did you mean by that when you gave that to me? Uh, and what was on your mind? Well, a number of things. Um, you know, we've been in this fight since Terrence was killed, going on three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a few weeks, we will be, I would say, encroaching the third anniversary of his death, September 16th. And So we started a foundation, the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, and the first year we had to figure out how to turn that pain and trauma into purpose. Mm -hmm. And we did just that by forming the Terrence Crutcher Foundation. Then year two, we started to kind of figure out where we were going. And 
we knew that we needed to make some demands, as, as Christy just mentioned, and we wanted police reform. And I remember the night, I think it was May 17th, 20, was it 18 or 17, when Betty Shelby was acquitted? I was there that night. You were there that mm-hmm. night, and I made a vow to the world, to my city, to my community, that I would not rest until I transformed Tulsa's police department. And I know there's been a lot of people in this city. They've pushed, they fought, they've demanded. And so I said, I'm going to use this situation, Terrence's death, to leverage and keep pushing and fighting and build on what the people behind me, what they've done. And I Mm -hmm. said, I would not rest. And so we had to figure out a strategy, a blueprint to get to that point. And so we started demanding, we started sending letters And so I called that campaign the Make Them Hear You campaign. So every week I mobilize, I text, I ask people, go and share your story. Go and share your story. Go and let them hear you. Make them hear you. Demand that they hear you. And so we did that for almost a year, demanding that the city council do their job, because I don't even really think they knew. And we had Councilor Hall Harper there. She was really pretty much the only one that was hearing us, the other, her other colleagues didn't really want to do it. It was just too controversial. And finally we got some new counselors in there, got her some help. And we finally got that vote to pass nine zero. I think we packed out city hall. I think everyone was there. Onika was there. Christy. I mean, people were overflowing. I mean, on the outside yeah, and I overflow know. rooms right. and um, they heard us that night. And I had to do something so traumatic to me. I don't even think I'm still over it, where I brought my brother's belongings from that scene, his bloody clothes, Mm -hmm. his eyes, everything that was in that box. Because a lot of times you have to put it right in front of them. So they can see it. So they can see it. Mm -hmm. And And, and I think they saw you because what you did that night crystallized a lot of things in people's heads. It was a turning point. I think you did something major which was brought people together. It takes little things. This, this city has been asleep for so long, and what you did was very, that was a powerful move. And the analogy that, I think it may have been Chief, he said you did an Emmett Till, a Mamie Till, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because she did that same thing where mm-hmm. the whole world could see. And, um, and so we made that happen. And so here we are, year three the journey to justice and reconciliation. And so I think we've done some historical things because this has never happened. We've never had the mayor, the police chief, the Mm -hmm. city council doing these public hearings, five hours every month listening. This has never happened. It was simply because of the collective voice of the people. And so this year I want to take people on a journey. I want them to look back just to see what power looks like. To see what we've done, because a lot of times in in communities, we're reactive. You know, after someone gets shot, we all come together, we're angry, and then it eventually dies down. And there's no consistency, there's Mm -hmm. no sustainability. But what we've done, we've showed people what consistency looks like, what sustainability looks like, and what actual change looks like. You know, we said, you know, we're going to do it a little bit different. We want reforms. We want policy change. That's Councilor Hall Harper's thing. We can march. We can protest. We can kick and scream all day long. But if there's no plan 
behind that marching and mm-hmm. it's simply a parade. Mm-hmm. And so we actually put a blueprint in place and we are following it to AT. We have the right people in place. We've brought people together. Uh, I think I'm notorious for coalition building because I know I can't go to war alone. Mm-hmm. It's better to go with a team of people. And I decided to bring the best of the best together, like your Onikas and your Christies and your African Ancestral Society and, and, and Tulsa, Reverend Gerald Davis, and just people from all over the churches, Apostle Layla Caldwell and the United Coalition of Clergy. They've been there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And and it's just been simply amazing, the movement. And, and now we even brought in national people, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Um, they've come on board. They've poured resources into Tulsa. Because they've seen the practice, the pattern, the history that Tulsa has. And so we're doing something simply remarkable, historical. And I think we're at the precipice of policy change in this city. Just to hear the police officers every month, you know, share with us that, yeah, we have a problem. They're finally acknowledging it. I'm seeing a shift on the city council. You know, they're seeing, they say, yeah, we got a good police department, but we can do better. And the mm-hmm. fact that the mayor wants to do an office of the independent monitor, that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. Is Tulsa a racist city? <laughs> you know, you don't even really have to answer Is that question. Is Tulsa a racist city? I'll just say this. Those railroad tracks at Archer still symbolize mm-hmm. the same thing they symbolized almost 100 years ago. All you have to do is come to Tulsa and open your eyes and look and see. Well, you know, I, I just feel like it's really racist. It's a big yeah. racist city uh, full of prejudiced white folks and stuff like that who don't understand black culture, for one, you know. And a lot of a lot of times uh, they'll come into our community and dictate what they want to do in our community without consulting us. So a lot of that. And then another thing is we need to become more conscious of who we are, you know, as a people. And uh, when you've got a corrupt police force and and they just doing what they call their jobs and they they come over into our community and they don't live in our community and they don't know our culture. And, you know, because they pull say they pull a homeboy over and all of a sudden, hey, man, why are you pulling me over? They take offense to that. You know, he may be just culturally just talking normally the way he talks every day. And uh, they do like they did uh, your brother. You know, he had his hands up in the air and they shot him. You know, they and just, even from up in the air, they, they said just, he looked like a bad dude. Yeah, he looked a bad dude and they shot him. They shot this brother, you know, and it didn't have to happen. You know, but I think culturally, they don't have cultural training. They fear black people. So anytime, you know, uh-oh, there's a black man, I'm going to put my hand on my gun because I want to blow him away. Now, I can say this. I'm talking, you know, we tell our stories our way over here. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't care. I'm not, you know, controlled by nobody. But sometimes I think uh, we need more black police officers in our community to patrol who we know. Because there used to be a time in our community where we had black police officers. And you could just, hey, man, what's going on, man? You, hey, how you doing? They would break up fights. They would break up things, and you know. And they would protect us from the, the corrupt white officers. The corrupt white officers. Uh, we had some police officers, I think it was last month, they came and spoke, retired officers. Mm-hmm. 
and shared uh, stories with us, uh, the issues with inclusion mm-hmm. and, and lack of black officers. I mean, the fact that the Black Officers Coalition had to sue their own entity mm-hmm. says says a lot within itself. Christy can tell you more about that that lawsuit yeah, where they yeah. had to put a consent decree yeah, tell in us, place. Tell us, Christy, about that. Wow. <laughs> I'm still stuck on you asking, do we live in a racist city? Yeah, well, um, that's, what, that's what it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, it's all, all of that, you know. I'm not sugarcoating. I'm just telling the truth. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we talk about the police department, we have to go back. You know, the police originally was about slave patrol. That That's it. And they're still doing it today. And when we talk about these cases, um, there were 40 families that has been affected right here in Tulsa back in the 90s. Bobby, you probably know more about uh, the year when that, that happened when they was planting drugs on uh, black men here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And they got caught doing it. And they had to let go 40, I think it was like 44 uh, black African males. They let them go because they were they, they they were locked up. It, they were innocent. Mm. They had drugs planted on them, and these officers got little time, you know, for what for what they've done. But you don't think about the families that that was affected by that, you know. So when we when we go back and we just keep doing these cases, this it's it's the good boy system, one after another, one after another, one after another, one after another. And then when we when you ask is this a racist city, it's beyond the police department. Oh, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's yeah. politically, it's economically, it it is destroying us. And all we have to do is just look around and see it. You know, it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere. But yet we want to be one Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'll say this: we call it white rage. Um, <laughs> It's not a cute. It's not people running around with Confederate symbols on their shirt or mm-hmm. Klansmen with the white robes. Mm-hmm. It is so subliminal. Oh, yeah. uh, you see it through the policies and the procedures, through the yep. judicial system. You see it in our schools. The segre- I mean, it's so subliminal. Yeah. And, and 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 they're really upset at the 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 smart, intelligent black people who demand better. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a That's what we call here. white rage. White Shanika rage. can really speak on that. No, I mean, when, when we're talking about is Tulsa racist, the thing that comes to mind for me is two things. One, my dad would always say, there's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. right? And I would be like, oh, my dad don't know what he's talking about. My dad is right. And all I have to do is look at the words of so many that have come before us to validate exactly what we are feeling today. James Baldwin, right? He said, I don't know if the people in housing are racist, but I know that I'm segregated. That exists right here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. We're right. segregated right here in Tulsa. I don't know if the education system is racist, but I know that the quality of education on the South side is mm-hmm. better than the quality of education for our babies on the North side. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the healthcare system is racist, but I know that black mm-hmm. women are more likely to die giving birth than white women. I don't know if, you know, economists are racist, but I know that, Black wealth has declined by over 75% since early 1980s. And so we are experiencing the very same things. You can go back 100 years, 60 years, 50 years, and look at the words of those who came before us, and they ring 
true today. I don't know what's in people's hearts, but I know that my quality of life is not the same as a white person in Tulsa is not the same mm-hmm. as a white person in America. Which, which goes back to your question, is Tulsa racist? It goes back to those railroad tracks. Why can we only have what? Do we have a quality grocery store over here? No. All you have to do, again, is open your eyes. I've had so many people come to this city, and, and they see the difference. They will say, oh, yeah, we've crossed the other side of the tracks. Oh, for sure. All you have to do is open your eyes and see the, 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 the difference. You see, our, going back to our children and the, where we live and the people in our community, okay? I want you guys to speak on how people become so used to this being their norm. Mm. This is your norm, and you don't see a way out. How do you encourage people to continue to support you? Because you guys work 24-7 plus another 18 hours on top of what you're doing. How do you get people behind you to to support your cause? It's hard. You know, just going out canvassing and knocking on doors and, and sharing with the community, this is what we're doing, this is why we're here. We hear nothing is going to happen. We've been waiting on something to happen for years. Why are you all wasting your time? And it's just that generational trauma um, that we've dealt with. I mean, when Willie Lynch talks about the making of a slave, it wasn't Mm -hmm. physically he was talking about. We can break you down Mm -hmm. and chain you up physically. His goal was to break you down mentally and, and, and And Mm -hmm. he knew that that was going to affect us for generations to come. And so we have to truly, truly, truly do some work on our mindset as a community, because whenever there's a a community issue, it requires a community response. And we have to figure that out. We have to take control of our community. But, you know, I get really tired of us conflating, you know, issues and blaming us for our own oppression. Mm -hmm. Right. And we, we're not looking at systemic oppression and how all of this was created. We we, we fall into that trap mm-hmm. as black people and, and especially the ones who made it out. That's, you get what I'm saying? And I always ask I people the question, would you put your kids, even though you can afford to go to private school, would you put your kids mm-hmm. in this school over here mm-hmm. or in a school on the north side? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and wait for the answer. Well, one, yeah. thing that, one thing that they did was uh, Booker T. Washington, for example, was a pillar in the hub of North Tulsa at Absolutely. one time. I mean, it was the place to be. You know, you had two feeder schools, Carver uh, and Marion Anderson. They fed Booker T. Washington. And then you had uh, Dunbar that fed Carver, a bunch that fed Anderson. And it was all about Booker T. Washington. But when they... They said integration because we ain't never been integrated to me. You know, I don't feel like, you know, that's never happened. But what those white people said, well, if our kids got to go to Booger T, we're going to invest as much money over there and we're going to make it this awesome school to whereas you have to have a certain grade point average. You got to have all this. You can stay across the street from Booger T and can't even attend mm-hmm. unless you qualify to go to this school. And so what what it did is it broke up the The North, the community. It shipped our children in various different areas of Tulsa and broke the community down, you know, because Mm -hmm. they didn't like what they were seeing. 
you know, coming out of there because black people were starting to thrive. Because there was a time here in North Tulsa, you didn't have to go nowhere for nothing. We had several grocery stores. Right. We had, huh? We had grocery stores. We had dry cleaners. Dry cleaners, movie theaters. I mean, everything was here. We had cab services. We had people. There were men in this community who fought and built stuff for black people yeah. right here in North Tulsa, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and so we was all here. People, We didn't actually start probably even going to the South Side until about, what, somewhere in the late 80s, late 80s yeah. you mm-hmm. know, because before that you didn't go. Yeah. And, didn't I think, to. and I think part of what you're talking about is really the failures of integration, because mm-hmm. while we didn't necessarily physically integrate, our dollars were integrated into an economy and we were not integrated into that economy. That's right, that black dollar. And when Dr. Crutcher talks about, you know, internalized oppression, we have to tie that to economy as well. When we were segregated, we had no choice but to see the black doctor. We had no choice but to shop at the black grocery store. And if we had internalized oppression, we could not act on it in a way that harmed our black economic ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? And so once people had the opportunity right, to act on this belief that white is better, white is right, our dollars started bleeding out of the community, and there was not, you know, that reciprocal dollar coming into the black community. The white ice is colder than the black man's ice. (laughs) You know, that's true, but you know, what's so unique about um, Tulsa, um, and I'm going to swing it back to Sherry's question, but um, in Oklahoma, period, um, you know, when we do our tours, when Chief and I do our tours, we really talk about how Oklahoma was almost an all-black state. For sure. And when we talk about segregation, because you hear a lot of people say, uh, you know, it, Black Wall Street and Greenwood would not have been what it was if it wasn't for segregation. And we always debate that just here in Oklahoma because that mindset was already here starting in 1888. It was a, they, I mean, you know, that, that was the dream. Oklahoma was the promised land for black people. They want, it it was, you was free from Jim and Jane Crow. You was free from, you, you could just build your life, your family. And there was no segregation and we were booming, right? Mm -hmm. We were booming because we had that mindset. And you know, my I always uh, my my father always says that we failed this generation, and he said because we they fought so much that they wanted to they didn't want us to have to fight, so we lost how to fight. That's true. That's right. You know, so we didn't even realize we were still in change because we don't move. You know, mm-hmm. until you move, you realize you have change. Right. You know. Exactly. So, but go back to Sherry's question about mm-hmm. how do we get people. How, how do we get people to follow us? And we just have to continue to lead by example. Mm-hmm. You know, my right. son just went to college, and just two days before we went, I didn't realize how much time I lost with him. Because for years, we've been out here on the front lines, just fighting, fighting, fighting. My life was work, hurry up, get them something to eat, drag them with me to this. And that's how long I've been doing that. And I didn't realize it. So, you know, we were sitting there having dinner together before he left. And I was like, God, I miss so much time. But he said to me, I appreciate what you do, you know, and that really, that, that, that made me really feel good. We had our little crying session, mm. but he appreciated 
what I, you know, to hear your child say that to you, that was just, you know, amazing. But, you know, he had a uh, a note on his window because his window on his side don't roll down. Mm-hmm. And he had a note on the back window and said, police officer, my window don't roll down. And I said, you put that up there? He said, well, yeah, because I didn't want him to, he said, if I get pulled over, I don't want him to think that I'm reaching for something. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to do what I have to do. Oh, good, good, you good. see what I'm saying? I got you. you I got to keep doing I got you. I got you. Well, look here. We're going to go to the phone lines and answer uh, some of these lines right quick. Okay. Area code 419. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, Bobby. Yes, this is Bobby Eaton. And where are you calling yeah, from? Um, Pete, I'm calling from uh, Toledo, Ohio. My name is Peter Benning. Okay, Peter. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Um, this is the first time I'm hearing your broadcast. Uh, I, I saw you on Facebook. It got my attention. And okay. the fact that uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, I lived there for two years back in 68 uh, and 69. My father mm-hmm. was a uh, director of the Urban League back then for a couple of years. And, okay. Uh, and I uh, ended up going to McLean High School. And, boy, I experienced that racism the whole two years also. You know, <laughs> it was kind of rough. I want to say hello to your staff there, um, Dr. Stephanie and everyone there. You know, hello. Okay. And, um, yeah. Yeah, man, we're glad. I'm glad you got a chance. How is it up in Toledo? What's going on up there? You guys okay? Yeah, we're doing all right. Um, it's pretty much a melting pot as far as races, you know. It's not really um, – any type of big thing. Uh, you got the Latino gangs, some black gangs, you know, but that's about it. But other than that, it's you know, uh, <laughs> okay. everybody get along pretty good. We got we got mixed people in the office, you know. We got black folks mm-hmm. and white folks in the office, you know. Yeah. I got you. And I'm okay. a yeah, I'm a fairly like, right. I'm a fairly like complected brother, and um, I caught some heck of McLean, you know, the white okay. folks thought, you know, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Anyway. So, gotcha, uh, man. I, I, want well, to, hey, I want to commend you on what you're doing there and everything and um, uh, your community stuff going on and um, your history. I appreciate it very much. And we'll continue to keep up. God bless y'all and your endeavors, okay. all of you. All right. Well, thank you, Peter. Okay. All right. Let's see who we got right here. Here's code 281. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Yes, Bobby. How you yes. Doing? How are we doing, my brother? Doing fine, doing fine, man. We've just been listening into your program. It's very, very good what you're doing. Yes. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. You got any comments about what's going on? Uh, yes, actually, I'm. I'm. Uh, Tulsa is it's really my home. I was born and okay. raised in North Tulsa, just like I guess everyone else that was there probably was themselves and. Uh, I was thinking about what you said. There was a time, Bobby, I can remember as a kid, man, in the 60s, I did not have to have dealings with any any Caucasians because if Mm -hmm. I wanted to go get food or meat, I can go down to Banfield. If Mm -hmm. I needed vegetables and bread, I could go to Redbud. If I got sick, I can go right down Pine Street to Moton Hospital where two of my siblings were born. We're talking about 50 years ago, we we were self-sufficient. So really, when the integration thing came along, I really kind of think it really hurt us as a as a people because we would we had to depend on the others, and 
by the way that they feel about us and the way they look at us, we were less than, so the services and the goods and the education that we were going to receive was less than as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to comp- commend you, man. I always tell you that you're the voice of North Tulsa. And how I know that, I I lived in Tulsa. I knew you then, and I, but I came to Houston, Texas, and you were already here when I got here, Bobby. So I want to commend yeah, you on what you're doing because you're definitely a voice for North Tulsa, and that's what we're lacking. Uh, the ladies that were on there were speaking some real powerful things. So keep the communication yeah. lines open for us, Bobby. We really need you, man, and what you're doing and what you represent. Well, thank you, and, my uh, brother. Yeah, although I've been in Houston, Tulsa is my home. All that Tulsa black is my home, and we do need a back. We need some black grocery stores. We need we 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 hurting bad, man. Yeah. And I well, know I couldn't do it all big, by myself. You know, no, you can't, you can't do it by yourself, man. Yeah, can't do it by myself. Well, thank you, brother, for calling in. Man, continue to listen, okay? I will, man. Love you now, brother, and, and God right. bless. Okay. Okay. Area code 832, you're on the Bob Eden Show. Okay. Let's don't go there. Let's try this one. Area code 918, you're on the Bob Eden Show, 804. Hello? Hello, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hey, hey, Bobby, what's up? It's Nehemiah. Hey, Nehemiah Frank. Okay. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to uh, continue that conversation that you guys were having on education. And yeah. uh, kind of uh, about, like, you know, how uh, we had some failure of integration. Um, I think there's something to be said about after uh, civil rights icons like Clara Lupa after our schools integrated, we didn't see as many uh, foot soldiers in the, uh, you know, the after the after days of the civil rights movement. And I think it was because when Clara Looper was teaching her, her students, you know, she was teaching to a black school. So she was able to talk about those types of things, you know, comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing, you know, when it comes to um, HBCUs, a lot of those civil rights icons come out of, you know, these black spaces and, uh, you know, since integration's happened, we don't really have those same types of black spaces as much. So I think that's, you know, probably the reason why we're not seeing as much movement as we used to. Oh, okay. Yep. Great, man. Well, I'm glad you called in, you know, to give your perspective of how things are rolling and continue to listen, okay? Thank you. All right. Let's see, man. We got callers. People want to talk, huh? <laughs> Let's see. We got to go on because we got to listen to them. Area code 918 is that you? Hello? Okay, they don't want to talk. Well, anyway, back to where we were. Now that we've answered a few phone calls. So, this is what is the word I want to use for this is how do we get our people educated to know about who they are and how they can be an assistant to one another here in our community to uplift us? What, where do we start? Do we start with the kids, the babies? Do we educate? Or where do we go? 
I, I truly believe that we have to create a culture. Cultures change. We have to create a culture which is a set of values, a set of principles that we all agree on. Because, you know, um, as my mother said, when they were coming up, they had communities. We no longer have communities. We have neighborhoods. You know, a lot and, of us. And you being, don't even know your neighbors. You don't even know your neighbors. You spend more, you know, the only time that you really spend in your neighborhood is when you sleep or maybe eating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's about it. The, the concept of community has totally changed. It, it just isn't there. So once you break that down and understand that that's, you, you have to start there. I, with, with, it with, takes a village. It takes a village, but it only takes a village when people understand that they are a part of a village. Mm-hmm. And it's not I, I, I. Mm-hmm. It's we, we, so we. Do you think people are more selfish today than they've ever been? Yes, I do. People are more selfish um, because it's all about just me and mine. You know, you hear people always say that to worry about me and mine, but we're not looking at the greater picture. We're not looking at being a part of something bigger than ourselves. We just we just want to get by. Mm-hmm. And I get it because this this work that we do is so stressful. Sometimes I wish I saw I had to worry about would go to work, go home, watch the Golden Girls get up, <laughs> go yeah. back over, start again. But that's you know it is it 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 you know people don't want to feel the stress, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we just get numb to it because you know it it is truly stressful. Oh, it can be stressful. Yeah, it's very sure. stress stressful. So and, I want Tiffany to chime in on that when we talk about what Mike, what Bobby just said about selfishness. But what really changed in the community besides selfishness? There had to be a bigger paradigm in the room for um, people to change. Money. Money. That, I mean, money is it because, you know, you want, you want a better way of life for your family, and I get it. So you, we get stuck in jobs and positions and titles and you know, that frowns upon you speaking out about your oppression. And so you get quiet to it and you just, you know, you, you just want to live a normal life. That's really what it, what it boils down to. Um, you know, when I was just at my job at St. Fred, I know I worked there forever and I got called in because of the community work that I've always done. And my boss told me, you're going to have to make a choice. Are you going to work for me? Or are you going to work for your community? Mm. And I chose my community. And this was just last year. I remember when that happened. Yeah. So, you know, God blessed me with something better that allows me to do the work in my community. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a, it, it comes with a price. You know, like when we look, I, I, I look at my sister Vanessa Hall Harper, you know, she, she speaks out about what's, you know, what what's right. She's not, She's not going to let them, she, she, she doesn't walk with her back bent. Mm-hmm. And so she gets a lot, a lot of people don't even know the half, the, of, it, huh? half of it of what she has to go through that trickles down to her husband, it trickles down to her daughter. You know, nobody gets to really hear those stories that happen, but you have to stand up for yourself and your community, but it does, it, it's money. You know, I, I really think it's, it, it's a lack of culture. It's, you know, being tied to a better it's, way of it's, life. It's, it's money, huh? 
I, it, it is totally money. And, you know, even now, like when I, I guess I, sometimes it frustrates me when I hear these organizations keep talking about the black entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, that's important. But what they want, it's like, and when I say they, I say white folks, you know, because now I hear them talking about the black entrepreneurial spirit and they let you come rent some spaces out in their establishments, but it's not ownership. You know, like when you look at what Onika is doing, that's powerful because you have your own and you're going to be able to give other black people jobs. Mm -hmm. That's that's where power is always better when you can have your own, you know, and you're not better. You know, I I sit in this place all the time every day and I say, wow, Grandpa built this building and uh, we own it. And And you can say whatever you want to say say and do whatever I want to do. That's right. You know. And uh, it's it's a blessing to be able to to have that in today's time, you know. And we've bought into this illusion of inclusion. Yes. Um, black mm-hmm. people, we have, um, if you have a title. Titles. Yeah, if you have a title or a, a certain position, um, we think we've made it. And Coretta Scott King said this before she died. Mr. Omar Neal, good friend of mm-hmm. mine in Alabama, he interviewed her and he asked her, if you could go back through the civil rights movement, what would you do different? And she said, what we did wrong was that we taught our kids the victories of the struggle. We passed the the voting rights act Mm -hmm. and all of these things, but we didn't teach them the struggle. I think you mentioned that we didn't teach them the struggle. And, And you said, so where do we start? Is it with the children? Is it you know, how do we break this cycle? And I, I feel that it's with the children. I feel that it's easier um, to build strong children than to repair broken men. I'm not saying there's not hope and that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, but we have to break this 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 uh, school to prison pipeline. We have to break it because they already know. I mean, this, this is the system that's designed for us. But I believe we can break it. Um, you know, the majority of our men are in jail. I mean, we have so many things against us that we're working against, but we have to, I mean, I think the babies, that's going to be where we have to start Mm -hmm. if if we're going to save, you know. Well, how do we get as men and women back to loving one another, relationships? You know, because I think we've lost a lot of that. You know, we don't know how to treat one another and respect one another and have what we call a good, wholesome relationships. You know, and men don't know how to treat women and women don't know how to treat men, men acting like women, women acting like men. How do we get back to uh, in our community being responsible and loving who we are? I kind of want to jump in for a second because I think too many times this conversation starts with the deficits that we perceive to be in our community. And I don't like to have conversations about deficits in the black community and mixed company. I don't know who was on this call. Mm-hmm. But I will say, when I think about my people, we are a resilient people. We are a strong people. We have made it this far for a reason. And it's less about what deficits does the community have or do we have that, you know, we got to work on and more about how do we get these white folks and white systems out of our way, mm-hmm. right? When I think about all the men who are in jail, they're really there because there were systems in their way. There are white folks sure. who do the same stuff mm-hmm. and are not sitting mm-hmm. in prison or behind uh, a jail cell. I know right? for a fact. When I think about things that often stem from poverty that people are either criminalized for or penalized for, a lot of that has to do with the systems that were in their way. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. 
that causes them to be it's systematic mm-hmm. and so it's not really about what deficits do have and do we have to work on it's how do we get things out of our way so we can be right without having to go over extra obstacles and barriers and burdens every single day and it starts that's with us good. loving ourselves that's what i was saying loving we have ourselves. to love ourselves um mm-hmm. for example we're getting ready to um build a memorial on black wall street south of vernon that plot of land it's called the, the Tulsa Community Remembrance Project. In remembrance of? Of the Tulsa massacre in the Greenwood community. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a virtual walk through a memorial. We're going to honor the victims who were lost um, to this, this racial terror, this violence. And this is a community of black people, a coalition of black people for us, by us. We didn't go ask anybody, could we do it? We didn't go scan and, and see what type of money or who was going to fund us. We said, this is what we're going to do. And now whoever wants to support, we're not knocking any support, but mm-hmm. we have to start realizing our own worth and our own power. I don't think we realize that. And it starts with us loving ourselves first. And, and I think that's what we're lacking. And you, let's go back to the black man and the black woman. It started back during uh, the making of slaves. They broke black men. They separated black men from the woman and, and beat the black man in front of the woman. And so the little black boy, now the mother is so protective of him and she hugs on him. She doesn't want him out of his sight and she makes him dependent. And oh. then she, she, she builds up the young little black girl we call it the nigger baby mm-hmm. and to be independent mm-hmm. because we know that our men they have to face so much and so then you start to just chip away at this 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 black relationship between a man and a woman and so now the man comes home because the white man has stripped him of all of his power all of his control and so now all he has is his family so let me come home and control her i mean it's just it's all systemic, as Onika said just a second ago. And so we have to get back to unconditional agape love. And, and we have to stop competing with one another. And we have to, you know, create a space where, hey, we're in this together. Because I, I'm seeing it every mm-hmm. single day where, you know, black women are de-edifying their black men. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and black men you know, they don't want to be with, with a woman who makes more money instead of saying, hey, this is one pot. We're in this together. We're building together. Uh, this is black love. This is black power. I mean, we just have to get it together. And as Onika says, I don't want to really just point out deficits, but what are the solutions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need some solutions. Amen. You know, and, and I think it starts with our children. I really do. Because some, some of us, it's going to be so hard to change. Some of us are going to stay Right where we at, but we gotta keep keep pushing. Keep pushing, mm-hmm. you know. Just keep pushing. Wow. Well, we're gonna take a little break right now. You're on the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way. I gotta pay the bills, you know. That's what they say. You gotta pay some of these bills, Bobby. So mm-hmm. dial at number six four six seven one six five five two five and don't forget to press that one button. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, 
and the Grassroot Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to The Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any promotional, screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Tulsa Midtown Embroidery. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P dot com, as well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree, and you can also kick it old school and give us a call at 202-910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation, and we can have you hooked up. Peace. If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment, and you're paying high interest rates along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554. Or text camp to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. KBOB, Black on Black Community, Radio 89.9, on your FM dial. All right, yeah, that's all new KBOB coming soon here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 89.9 FM radio. So we're going to be in the cars. We're going to be all over. It's going to be interesting. We're going to roll that out probably towards 
um, the middle of the month, next month. Right now, people are tuning in and they're just listening to music because I'm just playing music. You know, and that's what's going to be. We're going to have a lot of different uh, formats. We're going to be talking about economic development, education, black love, uh, uh, just in gardening, you name it. We Things that affect us in our community, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to be educating those, you know, a lot of educational stuff, good stuff, a lot of fun stuff, too. KBOB, Black on Black Community Radio. So that's what's going to be happening. All in the studio, we've been talking about it, you guys, like we normally do, talking about these issues that um, affect our community. And Dr. Crutcher... So continuing on, you know, we're in here. Uh, Anika, uh, Christy, superstar, superstar, rock star, yeah. Sherry in the high, big, big full house right there. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is nice right here. And keep in mind that all of our shows are recorded. So for those of you who missed the show, you can always go back and, you know, listen to the show and share the show and things like that. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on Saturdays from 12 to 2, you know. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Well, we have to get more people like Onika and Christy on the front lines with us, getting proximate to the issues. I'm so honored to just be here with with these young ladies, especially Christy. Um, I don't think people realize how hard she works. Oh, Christy don't work. You know, she don't, she don't <laughs> do that. No, everybody, From what everybody I see, knows. I mean, I've just she, sat you know, back and I've watched her. She, yeah. be, she be getting it. You know, I see everywhere I go, if I pop up to something, Christy's right there. She's so right she, there she's right on there. the front line. And I, um, and I appreciate you, Christy, you know, for all the hard work you do you. in the community for our people. And you too, Tiffany and Anika, you know, Sherry, all you ladies, some strong, powerful black women. Thank you so yeah, much. And Ms. Christy, my, my nephew, Terrence Jr., goes to Greenwood Leadership Academy, and and Christy just took on the new role of Director of Operations. Oh, she got a title, huh? <laughs> a huge title and, and does a lot of work. Um, I was trying to get her to come out Saturday and play with me, but she was at work on a uh, Saturday. On a Saturday, Working, yeah. and, and uh, like her. you know, she's been def- definitely an asset to Greenwood Leadership Academy, and I appreciate her so much. And Onika, she calls me, what mm-hmm. you need? What can I do? Cause I'm getting ready to go canvas. I'll be there. You need water. Mm-hmm. You need sunscreen. What She's there. Need, Let me take you out to eat. You need a massage. I mean, that's Uh-oh. what I can give you that community money. is about. <laughs> that's, okay. You community, know, yeah. and, and she's there, you know, adding value. And, and I'm just so excited about this this coffee shop because it's not your typical coffee shop. Yeah. You know, and and I'm just excited about that space because I believe it's going to empower our community Mm. in more ways than we can even imagine or ever imagine. So um, we talk about associations. You have to surround yourself with people. People are either hindering you or helping you. They're either inspiring or expiring you. Mm -hmm. And we have to guard our associations closely. If people are making more withdrawals than deposits, in our lives, it's time to close the account. Yeah, yeah, it and is. And so I make sure that I surround myself with people who are smarter than me. Mm-hmm. And and what's something you can learn from? <laughs> people yeah. I can learn from. And mm-hmm. we say iron sharpens iron. So I'm just blessed to, to have them here. And uh, Anika, we're going to be honoring her once again September 14th um, at the third annual Terrence Crutcher Memorial Gala. 
people flying in from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump as the MC, yeah. Eton Thomas, yeah, been, former I've, NBA I've player. Benjamin Crump on the yeah, show before. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to get him back over here. Yeah, get him back on. Uh, we have Angela Christie, the only internationally acclaimed female saxophonist. Oh, She's really? going to be here as our entertainment. We have local entertainment. Uh, I think it's um, O'Malley B Entertainment. He's okay. going to do our pre-gala. O'Malley B's yeah, here. O'Malley B. Um, okay. We're going to have Jerrica, Jay Parlay, mm-hmm. doing some things, the Satin Dolls, North Tulsa Satin Dolls. Okay, so we can gotcha. highlight our North Tulsa entertainment. And so this is going to be an all-inclusive um, event that represents all cross sections mm-hmm. of the community, and uh, I'm just so excited that what's, we'll, what's the date? September 14th. What time? That's a Saturday. It kicks off the pre gala activities, red carpet event at six o'clock. Uh-huh. Um, and, and where can someone get tickets and information to come? TerenceCrutcherFoundation.org. That's one e t e r e n c e Crutcher Foundation dot org. You can just go and click on. 2019 gala or get tickets it's right there on the front page and mm-hmm. you'll see everything that you need but we are so incredibly excited um we're also honoring the legend mr jim goodwin okay jim goodwin jim goodwin okay. yeah he's one of our honorees along with chief amasan and mm-hmm. dr robert turner dr reverend robert turner the pastor of the historic vernon ame church mm-hmm. and so um, they've done some phenomenal work in this community. Yeah. Um, they've supported our cause. They've been there every step of the way. You know, now I'm not, I'm not getting ready to toot my horn or nothing like that. But, um, you know, I'm real passionate about my dad mm-hmm. because pops never get honored for nothing mm-hmm. in this community. And he's been around during the Homer Johnson days and all the the movement. And he never, mm-hmm. and we talk about that, but he's okay with it. Cause nobody don't never honor my daddy. <laughs> they'll give me a they'll give me awards before they give my daddy. Uh-huh. And I sit back, I said, Wow, daddy, nobody giving you nothing for everything. You know, he fought for Booker T Stadium and mm-hmm. all of the tag agencies and all that, but nobody never rec- and he's and all his buddies are deceased. Right. They're all gone. He's the last of the Mohegan, still around here fighting in the struggle. And nobody gives Mr. Eaton nothing. God has okay. not forgotten. Yeah, no, but, but that's okay, though, because he's okay. We, we talk about it, but it kind of hurts my spirit a little bit because mm-hmm. they keep giving me stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they can put me in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff. I said, man, but daddy, you know, it's okay. He said, it's all right. It's all right. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it because a tree is known by the fruit it bears. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's you right. You know what I mean? So, you know, when you get it, I get it. You know, so that's what it is. But anyway, moving on along, um, we uh, we've been talking about a lot of stuff right here, and um, I, I'm just to the point to where I need to. You said something earlier. You said sometimes you got to let people go, and sometimes people are with you only for a season. Absolutely, I believe in that season stuff. I've seen a lot of co-hosts come through here and they just for a season and they're gone, something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got to not be around toxic people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're around toxic people, you become toxic, mm-hmm. you know. And I was telling a friend the other day, he's still a partner of mine, grew up, raised with him, know him from childhood, but he's still drinking and dr- drinking all the time. He just drink, drink. I said, man, I don't do that like that no more. 
Me, you, and Charlie Wilson used to do that back in the day, you know, back in the 70s. But we don't, I don't do that now. It's a whole different thing, you know. Well, man, you didn't got too good. You know, you feel like you better than everybody. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. bro, I don't feel like I'm better. You know, I'm just trying to reinvent myself mm-hmm. and become uh, relevant to what's going on today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you ain't never voted. You know what I mean? So, come on, change. Surround yourself with good, wholesome people. Mm-hmm. People who are going to uplift you and, and encourage you to do good things. That's mm-hmm. why I keep Ramal and all these people around me, mm-hmm. you know, Baxter and stuff, you know, and all the, you know, uh, younger guys around me mm-hmm. because I understand something when it becomes young and old. The young have the energy and we got the wisdom, mm-hmm. you know. So if you got a winning team with young and old and you can merge that, you're going to win. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah, you're going to win. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. And we need both. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like young people going to war, but they have never fought in a war. And here you are, a general, sitting back, and you're not trying to help them fight that war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Letting, you know, a lot of a lot of seniors, when the sun go down, will lock their doors and stay inside the house and don't come out. And they could be needing some milk or anything in the mm-hmm. crib, but they're gonna wait till the sun come up the next morning to go to the store to get it. Mm-hmm. In fear of something going on out here, you know, and I see it all the time. That's right. You know, so we got to get out of this. We got to stop being fearful in our own neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're afraid in our own neighborhoods. Afraid, in your own huh? Fearful in your own home. In your own case. home. Yeah. You know, you're sitting in the house, you know, people sleeping with guns and stuff in the bed. You know, I know some. You my know. pastor, my pastor, uh, Reverend Sean Jarrett, said, I ain't scared. I ain't never scared. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't scared. Huh? I ain't never scared. Uh-huh. I hold that. I hold that with you. <laughs> and I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, to the same extent that you have to surround yourself with people, I think our other charge is to pour into the folks yes. around us. And mm-hmm. that's why, in part, I'm so thankful to Dr. Crusher for what she has done because I stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. And at this gala, I am standing next to giants. And when she said, you know, we want to honor you, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't deserve all that. Mm-hmm. But what it was was her pouring into me and charging me to move forward, mm-hmm. right? And so now I have a duty because someone saw me and thought to invest in the potential that was there. Yeah. And so I think you know, when we're worried about who are we surrounding ourselves, who are we surrounding ourselves with, who are we surrounding ourselves with, we also have to think, and how am I pouring mm-hmm. into the That's next good. person? How mm-hmm. am I pouring into the next generation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helps us get... You gotta give, you gotta give it up. You have to give it up mm-hmm. and pour it into the next person. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, at uh, Greenwood Leadership Academy, uh, Greg and I, we got together and we said, we're going to create this Greenwood experience. And we wanted people to walk through the school and just have that connection to Greenwood. Mm-hmm. And so um, we started from, like, we have some artifacts that Vernon AME donated to the mm-hmm. school. Um, so it's almost like you get to see, like, a you know, little museum. And then we cre- uh, created this, this uh, presentation, like a slideshow, okay. that plays up on this huge TV on the wall when you walk in. And we start from the beginning how Greenwood was created and the people who made it what it was from then till today. 
you know, and I uh, I wanted to focus on people who are still here mm-hmm. and not just, you know, those who have passed on. Mm-hmm. So I put people like Chief mm-hmm. uh, there so people can, the kids can connect and say, you know what, I see him. So when these people walk through the school, the kids have a connection. Mm-hmm. I put Dr. Crutcher on there. So when people come through the school, when she comes through the school, they get the connection. Bobby Eaton, you're on there <laughs> with the Bobby Eaton show because okay. I want you, the, the kids to have the connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's one of the things that I believe in is just really lifting up those people who never get the credit that's due. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, um, that, that that I love to do. And, you know, Tiffany, she does that to me. And I'm like... Cause I'm so used to doing it to other people, yeah. and Tiffany always says, "Christy, I want you to recognize right. the greatness in you." And she lifts me up all the time. And even when I'm just so tired, because I always say, "People, um, they just don't know everything that I have to do now, because things have changed, so I have to do so much." Mm-hmm. But Tiffany always finds her way there. Sometimes she'll come up to the school where I'm at, and it's just good to see her smile, okay. her surprise me, and just to lift me up and that's what uh she's such a it blessing keeps you going, huh? she, it keeps you going mm-hmm. it keeps you going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well look here we got a caller let's go to the phone lines and see who we got right here okay area code 254 you're on the bobby eden show 723 hey good evening how's everybody doing i'm calling from texas wanted to say hi to dr crutcher incredible okay. woman <laughs> How are you? That she's my role model. When I grow up, I'm gonna be just like her. I'm enjoying the show, though. Oh, well, great! Wow, that's Officer Stan Mason um, okay. out of Waco, Texas. He just moved to Atlanta. A black police officer. Uh-huh. Uh, he has his own radio show. Okay. Uh, called Behind the Curtain, and he does his show every Saturday. And I've been on his show several times, and. He speaks truth to power. As a mm-hmm. black officer, he speaks out. Um, mm-hmm. Man, he's been blackballed mm-hmm. for speaking out and um, speaking out against police brutality. Well, keep speaking out, my brother. And I can't say thank you enough to this. This He just retired, um, but he has kept Terrence's name and this story uh, just at the forefront on his show weekend and week out, and he supported the cause, supported the foundation, and I appreciate you calling in, and I can't say thank you enough. Um, we need well, more officers out there like you. Thank you. All I'm right, going, I'm going to sit back and listen to the rest of the show, but I, I just had to give you a shout out, you know. Okay, well, great. All wow. right, thank you for calling in. Dr. Crutcher, um, do you think you ever just completely moved back to Tulsa? <laughs> <laughs> you do so much work here, so do you think you'll ever just move back? <laughs> not my desire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, a, it's not in the never. plan. It's, it's not in the plan. It's not in the plan. Yeah, um, I think they need me right now. Terrence's kids, mm-hmm. um, they're growing up. Takaya just went off to college. Are they down there with you? No, they're here. They're here. Kaya just yeah. went to UCO. Okay. They just started ninth grade at Central. And Terrence, of course, is at GLA. So I think they mm-hmm. need me right now. Mm-hmm. My parents, 
mm-hmm. are getting a little older. They're yeah. legends, and I honor my parents uh, so they much. Are, they are legends. They yeah. are, and yeah. so I'm doing what I have to do. I would love to to be by coastal if I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one of that's oh, yeah. one of my dreams. So. Once Onika make all this money, mm-hmm. we'll see if she can let me work for her yeah. and see if we can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I hope someone they have enough to do all of that. Yeah. Hope they have some little ones too, huh? Yes, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and your great husband, you know, y'all like you say the mini uh Barack and Michelle, no, huh? No, no, no. Tulsa. No. Right, right. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> yeah, you say you like that? Yeah, yeah. She but Tulsa will always be home, though. Yeah. Uh, I will say that. It's mm-hmm. going to always be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking now, let's go into speaking of Betty Shelby. Mm-hmm. Where is she at? Do you know where she's located or where she's at? Now, we just talked about guarding our associations. <laughs> I know. Bobby. I'm trying to put her out there. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Every morning I wake up, I commit my thoughts to God because my own thoughts are just too toxic to yeah. be worried about what Betty Shelby is I doing. But, we, but some, we are gearing up. In the hood over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are gearing up for hopefully the civil trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, when do you think that's going to take place? Well, we, we thought that they actually had it scheduled for September 16th of this year mm-hmm. on the same day that Terrence was killed. And then of course the judge put it on another stay. So they always keep pushing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we just never know. Um, nevertheless, we're ready. Mm-hmm. And we know, know that she's gotten away with murder record expunged. Uh, the DOJ didn't um, indict at all, even though we feel in our heart that they want it to. But, you know, we're dealing with a Trump administration, oh, a for Trump sure. DOJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we feel that something happened where they said, no, we're not going this route. Um, they're not indicting police officers currently. They're not, you know, bringing lawsuits against corrupt agencies um, because this administration is pro-police instead of being just anti-corruption and anti-bad cop. But you know, when that time comes, if we decide to go through this civil trial, I think that our attorneys are well prepared and there's going to be some things that come out that didn't come out during the criminal trial. Mm. Wow. Criminal trial, you know, I was there and I heard the verdict and I was just shocked. I mean, I was literally, I was just mm-hmm. shocked, mm-hmm. but I wasn't surprised. I was shocked, but I knew, you know, when yep. I was just like, you know what? And my heart just, I you up on the, we were up on the eighth floor. It was the eighth floor? Were you in there with us? Yeah. There were so many people. Oh my God! And when you, you, you the emotions were high. Yeah. And uh, I was, and I was looking at Kuntzweiler and them, and you know, and all that. And I'm just, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, what could mm-hmm. you say? What could you? To mm-hmm. see my father, um, his there. strength was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, oh, he, he showed strong. that he was one of the patriarchs in this community, and mm-hmm. he got everybody together. Because I remember vaguely seeing the grown men, and they're just broke down, oh, and people staring goodness. out in space. And and I tried to be really, really strong because we had to pass by all of those cameras. And mm-hmm. my oh. mother has this quiet strength. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you never really get a gauge on her emotions and she walked out dignified and we walked past those cameras and we got in the elevator to go up to the eighth floor. I remember. As soon as the doors closed, 
my mom collapsed into the wall of the elevator and started yelling, she killed my baby. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I just seen those emotions. In yeah. Like and, um, and attorney Crump and attorney Solomon Simmons, they were there mm-hmm. and, and we just saw tears streaming down their eyes. And I was just stoic and didn't really shed a tear until my dad said, you know, let's get together and pray. That's, mm-hmm. that's all he knew to do at that point was to get everybody in a circle mm-hmm. and pray. And uh, he thanked me for being the voice. And then it just hit me. I think after that, I don't remember what happened, but mm-hmm. emotions were high. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Baxter was up there together and we just looked at each other and we just, what can you say? Right. You know, well, I appreciate it's, the community being there. And um, I was telling Ramal this yesterday. I was at the Black Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me, he said, I see a lot of people there supporting the, the gala and uh, big corporations that's, you know, sponsoring tables and giving donations and, and all that's fine and everything. But I had to tell him it's the people in this community, the people who live in this community, the people who are on the front lines, our neighbors, our church friends and family. You all are our community of angels. I mean, you've allowed me to be on this show multiple times promoting whatever. Whenever. The door's always open for you. And and it's the little things Mm -hmm. that keep a a movement just going. It's just everybody has their role. Everybody is doing their part, no matter if it's big or small. Nika doesn't have to be on the front line like Christy. And and Mm -hmm. Christy doesn't have to be behind the scenes or inside of this establishment. Mm -hmm. We don't know what everybody is doing people they're mm-hmm. affecting change and playing their role the way they need to play it based on their mm-hmm. own ability that's true and we have to respect that we mm-hmm. have to embrace that and you know who am i to tell christy or sherry or i mean sherry's role is she got to get these babies ready to, to 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 come up in this struggle and so we have to start embracing each other building each other up versus trying to criticize mm-hmm. you know Thank how you. it's being done you know why is Dr. Crutcher doing it this way why you know is Onika doing it that way we have to stop it yeah we do we have to stop it and we have to start loving on one another and 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 embracing the small victories because this is a marathon and I tell Onika and Christy all the time every morning we all wake up we need to pick up that axe and do our part and start chipping away, chopping away mm-hmm. at this this tree of racism, bigotry, hatred. Mm-hmm. And you have to self-assess and look in the mirror. What are you doing? Because when mm-hmm. you look in the mirror, you're going to see two things. You're going to see either the problem or the mm-hmm. solution. You get to decide which one you want to be. Right. I chose to be a part of the solution. And that's why I left my practice, moved back home, and I'm doing my small part. Mm-hmm. You're doing your big part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are doing a huge part. You know, and um, one of the things that I really admire about Tiffany and the Terrence Crutcher Foundation is that, you know, of course it was um, a reaction after the verdict. You know, we were all stunned. And I knew then that something has to change. We have to do something. You know, enough is enough. And the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, it started as a, you know, I remember the first march we did. And, you know, and now it has become a movement. It has become so organized that where we no longer react, we respond. Mm-hmm. And that's that's powerful. And 
you know, I can't even, I mean, we've been so busy, you know, building and working, building and working. And we, we have really, really chopped down some trees. Like we really have compared to where we were before to now. Now we really are a force to be reckoned with because when decisions are being made at these tables, they have to go through us. They have to go through us. Uh-huh. And and that's happening. That is like really, really happening. happening. And we're not going to stop. We're going to keep moving forward and let them know we're right here. You yeah. know, and, and, and that's that's what has to happen, you know, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of this work with Dr. Crutcher. Um, you know, when we uh Go out of town. Tiffany plays. <laughs> what? Tiffany plays the song that um, we can't rest. Sweet honey in the rock. Yeah, sweet honey in the rock. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. rest until freedom comes. And it's just so. It's she plays that every morning. <laughs> really, it's a wake um, up song. Yes, that is her wake up song. Mm-hmm. And those who believe in freedom cannot rest. rest. I think Ella Baker said that. Mm-hmm. That was one of her mm-hmm. famous mm-hmm. quotes. Mm-hmm. And, and the Terrence Crutcher Foundation is the community's foundation. Mm-hmm. It's the community's foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I need something, um, I had to go to Oklahoma City, and Greg Robinson, he wrote with me. He was one of my spokespeople. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I can ask anybody anything, Chief. Oh, people, hey, we got you. What do you need? There's never been a time that someone has told me, no, I can't do it. And mm-hmm. if they can't do it, they're going to figure out how to indirectly do it or mm-hmm. get somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that for granted mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, even Counselor Hall Harper, um, <laughs> she's not a very affectionate person. Um, and she's not a talker. She's just a doer. We're so similar in so many ways. But I'm way in Alabama And she has this big party every single 4th of July where hundreds of people just come through her house. Oh, yeah. She opens her house to the Mm -hmm. community. To the community. Mm -hmm. And I was on the phone with my dad, and he said, somebody is knocking at the door. It was Council Hall Harper with big pans (laughs) of food for my mom and dad. You know, and for people, you know, we've had people during campaign season, oh, she's just, you know, uh, taking a photo op with the No, this woman cooks for my parents. She mm-hmm. makes sure that they don't want mm-hmm. for anything, you know, whatever it is that, that we need. That's our city councilor. Yeah. She, she's just not a, she walks her talk. Mm-hmm. She's not just lip work. She's actually footwork. Mm-hmm. And, and people really need to take note from her. I mean, after Juneteenth, she's out there cleaning up. I've seen mm-hmm. her do it. She's out there cleaning up. Mm-hmm. And, and she's so, regular, regular people. Good and people. she's mushy yeah. inside. She She's just a She's mushy. I call her crybaby all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she mushy. You think? Yeah, she, she, mushy. she will cry. Yeah. She has she a mushy. twin brother, too, like me. And oh, so no. I think this has affected her deeply. And we'll both cry. Everybody thinks we're just so hard, but we'll be on the phone <laughs> and we'll both start crying. And, and then we'll suck it up, put our big girl panties back on and get back out mm-hmm. on the battlefield. And so it's the community. And we we can't take each other for granted. And I, I really don't. I just can't say thank you enough mm-hmm. to to every, I don't care what you've done, if it's been small or big, I greatly appreciate it. And I really try to reciprocate that mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult when you're traumatized and it, it's hard every night for me. You know, people think, oh, she's strong. She has it together. But 
I struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm human. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. And lately I've been emotionally tired because I don't think that I've had an opportunity to really sit down and, and heal because I've been on the battlefield fighting every other day. I mean, I have several different things going on at one time and I don't complain. I just do it. Mm-hmm. I just do it. And so I want to be an example for my nieces and my nephews. And, and that's what it takes leading from the front, leading by example mm-hmm. uh, and not complaining, but we do want them to have the best of the best and, right. and not go through what we went through. But, you know, our future generations, they're going to have to get involved. They're going to have to get involved in the political process. Oh, for sure. Period. Period. Because right now, our black vote really don't matter. We can't get government contracts. Look at Congress. Look at Oklahoma legislature. I mean, we're underrepresented. And so we have to start demanding when we cast our vote, when these presidential candidates come through here, my number one question is, what will you do as president to ensure that black lives matter? Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reparations. What, what, what will you do? Mm-hmm. You know, do you believe in reparations? Will you will you change these laws that give police officers the ability to commit legal murder? Will you abolish qualified immunity? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to ensure that black lives matter? And you and know, if you got to think about it, then yeah, you're not yeah, my candidate. That's <laughs> true. And, you know, we got a law that's getting ready to take place in November where it's open carry. Yes. And anybody can just carry a gun, you know, which is terrible to me. I can see three young black men walking in a white facility with guns on, and you got five or ten white people with guns on, and it's some disturbance that should take place in that facility. What do you think is going to happen? I feel threatened. I feel, feel threatened. threatened. Yeah. There you go. yeah. Open carry like the Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to say that you can sign the petition to put it on the ballot so that the people can vote. So if you have not signed the petition, please sign the petition so that permit And people have been asking where can they go to sign the petition. Uh, this week, uh, I think at the uh, Tulsa Democratic uh, headquarters on 31st and Harvard, I believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you can go there. They'll be open, I think, from 10 to 4 mm-hmm. or 10 to 5. I'm not sure, but um, they've been around kind of rotating from different churches, different mm-hmm. spots. But this week, I think now until Thursday, maybe, mm-hmm. or Wednesday, you can go to the headquarters. You, gonna get, you guys going to get some guns and walk around with them strapped on? <laughs> We know better. We know we know what happens when Something black people is, do that. Yeah. Okay. That'd be funny, huh? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be funny. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. And, I, and I want to shift to like I financial just, literacy. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We, we got to build. This has been something that I have been so excited about because we have to start building and or rebuilding um, in part what we have lost or what has been taken from us. Um, and so when I look at what has happened to black households, the black median income has declined, I said this earlier, by 75% since 1983. Mm-hmm. Since 1983, early 1980s, 75%, the median income has, has declined. Um, we have, I think, 25% of black people whose net worth is zero or negative. 25% zero or negative right now. And there are estimates about 
um, our entire uh, wealth being in the zero or negative mm-hmm. over the next 50 years. And so I love when we talk about, you know, power in two ways. Power is organized people, power mm-hmm. is organized money. And there's another one that I forget. And we are getting, and I think what Tiff, what Dr. Crutcher has done, mm-hmm. you know, has been to build the, you know, organized people. And at the same time, we also have to build this organized money because what's not okay to me is we just keep saying we can get the people. It's okay that we don't got the money. It's not okay. It's not okay because if we're if if our votes aren't counting right now, (laughs) imagine Mm -hmm. what they're going to count. You know, when all of our net worth is at zero, Mm -hmm. and so I really believe that we have an opportunity and a duty, Mm -hmm. right, to work towards building Mm -hmm. financial wealth and financial well-being within the community. Can I just say this? And I know we can do it. Yes. When Black Panther came out, what did mm. we do? We went to see it. That new Popeye's chicken sandwich, what did we do? <laughs> you can't to tell me that we, we can't come together. Sandwich. I haven't yeah. had the chicken sandwich oh, we can come either. Together I, don't, sure. I don't eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but but we can come together. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And but we got to get it organized. That's the key word. Yeah. Our city councilor, Vanessa Hall Harper, um, actually laid out the power group. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Black Wall yes. Street Chamber, and she created that platform so we can have organized money mm-hmm. to buy land, you know, to to do to have economic development that we pay for. Mm-hmm. And so um, I encourage everyone to yep. to you know check that out, participate. How can they participate? Look on um, on the Black Wall Street Chamber website, or you can go to the Black Wall Street Chamber. Uh, in the Spirit Building downtown um, on 18th and Baltimore, um, and just get that get that information. I mean, the information is out there, um, and like to, like Dr. Crutcher just said, you know, when when, when Black Panther came out, we supported it. Mm-hmm. So just imagine if everybody just gave. Look, Bobby got his got his power mm-hmm. card over there. Mm-hmm. If everyone would just give ten dollars to it, I mean, just imagine what would be there. Because I mean, Onika is right. It is about building, and we have to fix that wealth gap. Because until money. we do, it is just it, it, it's not going to to happen. We can fix this. We, yeah. can. We, yeah. we, we can fix yeah. it. We yeah. can. And if we want to see black businesses thrive, like Onika, who is opening up this coffee shop, she has a crowdfund. Donate to it. Tell us about it. You can go to com mm-hmm. and donate right now. It's Fulton Street 918. We have 22 days left in our campaign. We are entire crowdfunding goal is $20,000. We're only about $3,000 away from our goal. Oh, great. It's an opportunity for people to invest in this space and the community. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to do this without community. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for all the folks who have contributed mm-hmm. and who have been a part of, of our journey. And we hope mm-hmm. that once we open this space, we can pay that forward. Because even mm-hmm. though it's, you know, a business, it's my business, it's, you know, I always say it's as much our business as it is mine. Mm-hmm. And what I'm not okay with is, you know, passing. And I, there was a quote somewhere, but, you know, I don't want people to say she did good for herself. What did she do for community? Mm-hmm. And so that's really important for me um, as I think about creating this space. You got to do stuff for the community. And that's why I love yeah. the power group concept yep. and the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we yeah. got to join. The Terrence Crutcher, they have a, a section. I'm a member. A member for foundations. Yeah. We got to join. The Terrence Crutcher, mm-hmm. we all have to do that. That's how we start to build and that's how we start to support yeah. one another. We mm-hmm. can't just say we have this this entity and then we have all these like the Black Expo, all those vendors and people who are there, they should be members 
of the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that's how we get back to that spirit that right. our ancestors had. That Black Wall Street that spirit. That Black Wall Street spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And going back to what you asked earlier, you know, how do, where do we go from here? We have to get to a place where we can fund our own future. That's mm-hmm. right. All of the seeds, all of the plants, all of the ideas exist in our community. And they sit there because they are not funded oftentimes, right? And so I think we want to get to a place where we don't have to go asking and begging everybody else, you know, for money to fund our ideas and our visions, mm-hmm. so that we have the financial foundation to fund it ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like uh, right now. Uh, I'm um, we're doing a fun we're doing a fundraisers for the Juice Radio Show. Mm-hmm. Twelve young people. And, uh, yeah, you were at the fish fry yeah. when we did that one. But we're constantly doing it because I'm taking them to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to Atlanta in
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.